Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Um, we are very excited about today's show. And before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. One of the questions I get most often on the feedback request form for our VIP members is about accessories and what's the right fit for every single look outfit you have for pageant week. Um, and earrings can really make or break it. It looks like it's part of an outfit or it just kind of checks a box. So at Pageant Planet, our shop staff has like gone above and beyond to identify an amazing range of earring styles that go from costume style, a lot of bright colors to high quality Swarovski crystal sourced materials, evening gown earrings. So a little bit of everything. Yeah, so it's safe to say, um, based on our selection, that there's something like for appearances, like every phase of competition, it's kind of like a one-stop shop for this, right? Yes, and we have everything from clip, clip-on, so those that don't have their earring, ears pierced. Um, we have post-backs, studs, dangle earrings, chandelier earrings, like I said, more enamel style, more casual. Um, so everything, we probably have evening gown earrings, talent earrings, fun fashion earrings, interview earrings, appearance earrings, or orientation earrings. I mean... What else can you need? Like so, and there's not a million to look at, but a lot of styles have a lot of different color options too. So whereas um, other retailers might just have a, a clear and an AB, you're gonna get different hues that again, it shouldn't just look like you picked out earrings that will go with everything in your wardrobe and you have one pair. It should look like that pair was selected exactly for what you're wearing and the options are fabulous. Yeah. And that's where we really differ from most retailers, right? Is because they have like a limited selection, whereas ours is just, I mean, vast. <laughs> so yeah, in vast comparison. Word. Um, but we have a couple different major designers I want to point out. We have Crown Jewels LLC. They like crush the game as far as if you need to load up your, your earring wardrobe, your jewelry wardrobe, they are a great option because they are very affordable. The variety is huge. And then we have Jim Ball, who is one of the most famous names in pageant jewelry. Um, he uses top line Swarovski crystals, a lot of handcrafted. There is a little bit of a lead time sometimes with Jim Ball. So make sure that you're shopping in advance. Um, that way you can give a little bit time for shipping. And if they need to create your earrings perfectly for you, that might have to happen. Um, but take a look at the shop. You can find these earrings at shop.com pageantplanet.com and you can click pageant jewelry in the top toolbar it will take you right there perfect thanks jesse welcome to pageant planet's podcast where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants hire coaches shop for dresses and more now here's your host Stephen roddy Welcome to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to be discussing someone that's popular and legendary in the industry, and we're going to be talking about the power of purpose, and this is inspired by Angela Ponce. So, Jesse, do you want to set the stage for us? Sure. So, one of the wonderful aspects of our company, Stephen, is that you have always encouraged us to focus on welcoming everyone and anyone that has interest in the pageant community to experience it. So much so that our mission statement is rooted in this philosophy. And Stephen, why don't you share our mission statement since it's something you ask us to consider like a million times a day? <laughs> yeah. So the, the purpose of our site is to connect and expand the pageant industry. And our goal is to really motivate all who are interested to participate in pageants. And these 
principles are really what drive us as an organization, and we take them very seriously. I mean, they are the beliefs that are the foundation that we've endeavored to build Pageant Planet upon. And we believe that pageantry is for everyone who wants to be a part of it, and that there is a place in the pageant industry for literally every person out there. Mm -hmm. And there are several types of pageant people within that. Some contestants get into pageantry because they just want to have fun, socialize with others, experience the glitz and the glamour of being on stage. Other contestants, they have plans to attend college and find that pageantry is the solution to funding educational aspirations. That's much more geared to scholarship pageants. And still others are passionate about a charity or cause that is personal. And pageantry like really gives them a, a catapult to make a difference and get involved in the community service to support that cause or charity. Yeah. And what inspired me to get involved in the industry were the competitors who are determined to win a major state, national, or international title. And I really, too, um, I love the fact that they pursued their pageant goals, and it just becomes an all-encompassing lifestyle and discipline. Um, how competitors, they commit themselves to the training, the preparation, and doing whatever it takes to be ready to achieve their dream. And they achieve their goals and their dreams in the same way that a professional athlete prepares for a championship game. And I think there's one more type, and it's my personal favorite. And those are those like yearn not just for the big win, but for something more. They they are a select few, but we're weeding them out in the pageant community who are out to change the world in some way. Their vision, like it's not just about the crown and the microcosm of beauty pageants, right? It's they understand that achieving their dreams means they will have to be willing to do things that other people just like they're not willing to do. They always say the extra mile is never crowded and they know that achieving their dream means they just might have to become trailblazers. And when we talk about trailblazers in the world of pageantry, we absolutely must talk about Angela Ponce, especially given it's a celebration of pride month. Yeah. And for those who don't know her by name alone, Angela was born in hell, Mario Ponce, Camacho in 1991. And she's a Spanish model and beauty pageant title holder who made history on June 29th, 2018 as the first transgender woman to win Miss Universe Spain 2018. She represented her country and competed at the Miss Universe pageant in Thailand in December and of course, uh, 2018. So we did poll our Instagram audience and we got a ton of responses about why they admired Angela. So Stephen, do you want to read this first submission? Yeah, it looks like, um, hmm, I'm going to go with Lanerly's <laughs> as the Instagram name, but it's L-A-I-N-E-R-L-Y-S. And she said, not necessarily the most important thing, but her fashion sense is top notch. I want everything that she wears for, you know, air quotes, important things. I love her spirit. I can't even begin to imagine what she goes through daily. Yet every time you see her at an appearance, she's beaming and excited. I also love that she was a trailblazer in the Miss Universe organization, as I've always supported, um, have more LGBTQ representation in pageantry. So let's talk about like the beginning of Angela's pageant journey. And uh, I think she really came on the map around Miss World Spain. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's when she started to be more of a global, like globally recognized. Right. So um, I actually love this about her. She still works at her parents' restaurant in her hometown. 
And she said that like from an early age, she knew that she was different. And when her parents asked her what toy she wanted, she says, I went straight for the Barbies. And like the bottom line is, and this is a quote from her, the bottom line is my family supported me when I was little. And she added that her father sat with her as she played with her dolls. And she was only 11 when she began, began to investigate and discover the concept of transsexuality. And that awareness gave her the courage to fight for being who she felt she really was on the inside. So that's a really young age to kind of have that confidence build up. And it takes a really strong person. Yeah. And like kudos to her parents, like her dad, like being willing because yeah, yeah, at that, at that point, you know, she was a boy like as by society standards. Right. And the dad sat there and played with his little boy with Barbies, you know? So what a different level of confidence that that dad had in not being pigeon held into like certain stereotypes and it really shows that the impact that we have on each other when we're accepting and loving to where they are right there in their journey without judgment and what they can go on and and do for the world so it's case in point so um what she said was that at school no one really knew what to make of her and it was hard but school is like that for many people. And this is the exact quote you know, from her. She said, other kids got picked on for their weight or because they wore glasses. Spain is actually a leader on gender issues and one of the best countries in the world in terms of female representation at the top of politics. But wow. they have a way to go. Transgender people still don't have a legal right to their identity until they're 18 years old. Um, and while she wasn't bullied at school, misunderstanding was common. And she now wants to help educate young people because she says that people don't know what being a transsexual means and they still confuse it with transvestite which i I too like before learning about it and researching i i didn't know either it was just i used them interchangeably Mm -hmm. and you know and angela says like so much of the discrimination is a result of people not being educated. So for those who are listening and scratching their head, like you once were Steve and like wondering what the difference is, no judgment at all, but like, let's take a second to explain it. Um, just for clarification, I think Angela would want that. So a transgender person is defined as someone whose gender identity differs from the sex they were assigned at birth. And uh, going further, gender identity is a person's internal personal sense of being a man or woman, boy or girl. For some people, their gender identity does not fit neatly in one of those two choices. So for transgender people, the sex they were assigned at birth and their own internal gender identity do not match. And I pulled that definition directly from the GLAAD website. G-L-A-A-D. And if you want more information, there is so much if you want to be um, more educated in the topic. And a transvestite, which we already heard that word, is someone who sometimes dresses in clothing and garb of the opposite sex, but they don't necessarily always identify with the opposite sex. So that's the difference. One dresses up, the other on the inside has a different gender identity. And I will also take this moment to say that like Steve and I are both allies. We're going to do our best to be as correct in our speech as possible. Um, as try to be as open and like on par with what's, what's accepted. So if we misspeak at any point, we don't mean any harm and we want to learn as well. So please don't hesitate to reach out and educate us. So, okay. Soapbox shoving it in the corner Back to Angela. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad you said that, Jesse. So for Angela, eventually at the age of 16, she started hormone therapy. 
And a few years later, she started her professional career in modeling. And in 2014, at the age of 24, three, I'm sorry, at the age of 24, she underwent the final surgery to complete her transition to becoming a female, which was exciting because she dreamed of competing in pageants, but never imagined she would actually make it very far. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only imagine, too, like, you know, my point that, you know, women specifically, um, and guys, I mean, whenever you're doing some sort of competition that's revolving around beauty and there being a judges panel, et cetera, there's natural to like critique yourself and, oh, I don't, I don't know. Do I have it? I don't know if I can do this or not. Compounded on the fact that, you know, she was le- legally born a boy and then she went through the transition to become a female and now she decided to compete in pageants like mm-hmm. this, like stepping out and just believing in yourself, regardless of your background. This is one of the things that's really important for Jesse and I to get across to you. The listener is mm-hmm. that irregardless of what your past is and irregardless of the things you had to overcome to get to this point in your life. Like think about it, what Angela went through prior to her stepping on stage and if she overcame that, that should inspire and encourage you that you can overcome it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to this to kind of wrap this up in a little ponytail is like her mission and her platform was to become a role model for young people and show them that it's possible to live an incredible life as an openly transgender person. And she's certainly accomplishing that. Yeah. So her experience is a very compact timeline. So in 2015, Um, After her final transition surgery, she competed in her very first beauty pageant, Miss World Cadiz 2015, and she won that title. Steven, can you imagine like everything she went through first time out the gate, she crushed it. So her, her win made history as no other transgender woman had ever represented a province, let alone won the title. But as wonderful as achievement, the achievement was, it brought like positive and negative results, as you can imagine. Yeah, and she was invited to modeling agencies like Apple Models and Salvador Models and to work for many different magazines like Seville and Vogue Spain. Um, And becoming Miss World Cadiz also meant that, you know, this was a preliminary to the Miss World Spain pageant. So it meant that she got to actually compete at Miss World Spain. And this is when the world and especially those people in Spain really started to realize who she was. Mm -hmm. And... She said that like as thrilled as she was about competing nationally, it was not a positive experience. And she said she found out, this is heartbreaking, she found out on the day of the competition that their rules didn't allow a transgender woman to win. And she's like, this is a direct quote, it crushed me. I had to continue on, go on stage and perform and it felt horrible. And she was a crowd favorite, Stephen. Like she failed to make the final 10 in the pageant as a result of the rule. But what I love about her is regardless of her frustration, she stated, I have the regional crown on my head and I will keep fighting to make a scene, to make us heard and demonstrate that I am already a queen with my own crown. As far as I'm concerned, I am a winner and society is not educated for diversity and that's what has made me go public. Here I am and I'm not weird and I just have a different story. So she has had this mission and we talk about purpose and that's the goal of this podcast. What greater purpose? So. And the, what I what I love about her, this is really it's a it's a coaching moment. But what I love about her is that she just accepted herself for where she was, yeah. and I, I just love that. And I know we're going to get more into the coaching moment in a minute. So, um, but 
no, actually, we're we're going to get into it now. I'm sorry. So the, you were ahead of the yeah, game. I was sure. ahead of the game, but I mean, it's just it's so inspiring to be like, listen, like here I am. I'm not weird. I just have a different story. Yeah, and I. I really love that mantra because we're all weird in like certain aspects, like put a microscope over anybody's life. And you're like, we all do like some weird stuff sometimes, or we all have like a weird quirky thing in our background or in our personality or yeah. something that, you know, society or maybe your friends would say like, you're weird for doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. It's just like accepting who you are and moving forward from that. And I think let's, before we go in the coaching moments, Steven, do you want to read another message from our Instagram? Yeah. Um, ooh, these names. Um, I, it's, I don't even know where to help you here with this. Yeah. Uh, Aminalea. We'll go with that. I, I'll link to them in the, in the show notes. But it says, I love her unfailing confidence. She's finally in the body she's always meant to be in. And you can simply tell that she loves herself. It's so nice to see her happiness. Mm-hmm. So, so now to that coaching moment. Yeah, I mean, and this is like one of the fundamental, fundamental but powerful lessons in, in Hela's early story, and it teaches us that you must believe that you are the queen or the winner, and that you already own that crown before it's even placed in your head. And Stephen, I hear you actually say things like this all the time from a mental standpoint. Yeah, I mean, you've got to believe in yourself, your purpose, and like what you have to offer, and your right to have the crown before you ever get it. You have to know within yourself that you deserve it because if you don't believe that you deserve it, how in the world can you expect a panel of Mm -hmm. judges to believe that you do, like if you don't know? So the judges do not know you. They are complete strangers. So if you don't believe it about yourself, they will never believe it about you. Mm -hmm. The other thing we can learn from Angela's first pageant experience was that she had a greater vision for herself and her future than just to win that one title and she knew that she would not be allowed to win the pageant but she realized she could win a larger victory by raising awareness for her platform and often in pageantry your perspective is the key to your success so you need to see the big picture of how you're impacting your world and what you care about and not just the immediate short-term short-term gain and we'll talk about that even more in this podcast but one thing I notice when I speak to new contestants about why they want to win, it's like usually phrases like they think it's a great opportunity for them and it's something they always wanted. And if that sounds like your answer, no worries, but start thinking about how you can impact other people's lives as the winner. That level of passion will help you rise above and it will stand out from the crowd. Because as a judge, if you give me an answer, yeah, I want to help my modeling career. And the girl after you comes in and says, yeah, I want to make life better for everyone that lives with dyslexia or scoliosis or gosh, whatever cause you have. But immediately I'm drawn to the person that wants to help other people. Right. right? Yeah. And in the interview room, you're right. And in the interview room, you hear contestants say a lot, I just want to be a role model. So to like to other people or to younger girls or whatever, and you hear girls that are like 12 saying it's like younger girls that are like nine. Um, But the thing is, it's too vague. To connect right. like and Hella, like one of the things that is beautiful about her story is that there was a very specific m- mission of like, hey, live openly transgender and be okay with it. And like she really wanted to pave that way. So it was that specific mission that gave her power versus I just want to be a role model for other people. Yeah. So why don't you talk about Steven, like her finding the Miss Universe organization, what that meant? 
Yeah, so in Hella's experience at Miss World Spain, it didn't break her. If anything, it motivated her to try harder and chase after her dream. This time, she decided to enter another pageant system, which is the Miss Universe organization. Mm-hmm. And that was in June of 2018. She was 26, so only two years after her transition, so still like a very compact timeline. So Angela Ponce once again made history. She beat out 20 other contestants, was crowned Miss Universe Spain, and she became that country's first transgender title holder. And she would then go on to become the first transgender woman to compete on behalf of any country when she represented Spain at the Miss Universe pageant in Thailand later that same year. Yeah, and Ponce said that she um, planned to use her appearance at Miss Universe as a platform to draw attention towards the high rates of suicide among transgender teens, as well as the legal codes that still dominate against them in, in the world. She said, and this is a direct quote, my goal is to be a spokesperson for a message of inclusion, respect, and diversity, not only for the LGBTIQ, and that's lesbian, gay, bi, transsexual, intersex, and questioning people community, um, but also for the entire world. She went on to say, if I'm going through Um, all this contributes to the world moving a little step forward, then that's a personal crown that will always accompany me. And ironically, after Angela got to the Miss Universe final, the Miss World pageant that currently said, or prior said she couldn't win, changed the rules about allowing transgender females to win the title. Oh, how convenient, Miss World. How convenient. (laughs) But I mean, let's not throw too much shade because that's what Angela would have wanted. Right. Indeed. So it's all good. It's all good in the hood. But um, all good and very yeah. convenient. Very convenient. Okay. <laughs> very convenient. Good. Convenient. Good. Okay. So one other coaching moment I want to mention. Um, it's not the last, but there's another one. Um, this brings up a very critical lesson for all pageant contestants. No two pageants are alike. One of the most important things to know about pageantry is that you have to find a pageant system that represents the same values as your own or else you'll end up wasting your time and feeling frustrated and you won't know why. And also values, I'd say skills. So if you know that one area of competition isn't your, isn't your strongest, don't keep pushing to try to make that happen without getting new vocal coaches or dance lessons. If you keep trying the same thing, it's like you know the definition of insanity by Albert Einstein. Um, so the biggest mistake that new pageant girls make is to get involved in a pageant that is not a good fit. So do your research, ask around, don't be afraid to interview current and former contestants as well as the current and former title holders in a given system. And by all means, bring your questions and concerns to the pageant director and they are there to assist you in determining whether or not their pageant is right for you. Yeah, and we cover so many of these exact points in our guide, uh, 101 Tips for First-Time Pageant Girls, and mm-hmm. we'll include that link in the show notes of the podcast. Perfect. So um, here's like the history of transgender equality within the Miss Universe organization. We're just going to kind of give an umbrella here. But yeah. in order for Angela Ponce to successfully um, to be successful in pageantry, she had to find the pageant system, which is what you're speaking about, Jesse, where mm-hmm. she would be accepted and welcomed. And the Miss Universe organization was the perfect fit for her because of its stand on transgender contestants. Stephen, it wasn't always that way. I want to point out that in 2012, the Miss Universe organization ended its ban on transgender contestants. So there was one prior, but this was thanks to another trailblazer. Her name is Jenna Talakova, a Canadian model and former title holder. And Talakova had successfully sued Miss Universe Canada organizers for initially disputing 
or initially disqualifying her for being transgender, and she was originally disqualified from competing at Miss Universe Canada for not being a naturally born female, and pressure from GLAAD in a petition that racked up 30,000 signatures um, really pushed Miss Universe organization um, to overrule that decision and allowed her to compete after all. So another snaps round for... um, (laughs) Yeah, well, Jenna... Yeah, that's right, because she got all fired up and worked with a high-profile pro- attorney, Gloria Aldred, and was ultimately the first ever transgender contestant to compete in Miss Universe Canada pageant. She made it to the top 12 finalists and became one of four women who shared the title of Miss Congeniality. Anyone who says Canadians aren't nice... What other pageant do you know has four miscongenialities? I'm just saying. Like, that is such a stereotype that's true. I live, at, like, at the Canadian border, and Canadians are extremely nice. So yeah. I can see how that happened. But yeah. um, anyway, so the publicity director for Miss Universe at the time, Brenda Mendoza, has said transgender competitors are now welcome in all of its pageants around the world, but says it will be left to the individual franchises, like the individual countries, to determine if the recent policy change is carried out at that level, so kind of like states' rights here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the last year since Angela Ponce was crowned Miss Universe Spain, other countries, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, have opened their doors to participate um, to the participation of trans women. So prior, they were kind of saying, okay, yes, I'm, I'm invoking my right to not allow this, but since Angela competed, they have. So again, this was the mission all along. So success left and right. Yeah, and... When you have any goal in life and you're that specific to it and that dedicated to it and you're willing to work at it, you will accomplish it just like Angela is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're going to talk about life after Miss Universe. And, um, so is there life can... after Miss Universe? <laughs> not for us living on Pageant Planet. Not for <laughs> us. When contestants first begin competing in pageants, they tend to think that pageantry is an individual sport or a loner's game. And in a way, uh, because this is your personal dream and that everything depends solely on you and you're all alone up there on stage, right? But -hmm. there is a much bigger picture at work and most powerful aspect of pageantry in addition to personal growth are connection, community, and change. It's about connection on an interpersonal level and being able to create substantial change in the world by pooling your resources with other like-minded people and combining your efforts in a team-like fashion. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Anne Laponce does very well. And sure, it's true that not everyone is going to support her cause or agree with her beliefs and choices. But instead of being divisive, Anne has a way of bringing people together and doing it in a very winsome and non-confrontational way. And this is my next coaching moment, actually. Some of our clients speak in negative terms, and we have to condition them to be forward thinkers. Like, For example, if I say, if my question is, what's the hardest part about being a teenager? I'll get a response like, Peer pressure because a lot of kids give in to what others are participating, like bullying, and they can be really mean, period. And like, womp talk about womp. like womp womp. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm glad you're on the same page. And like, while that's true, like kids are mean, um, your responsibility as a title holder is to show that you're planning to set a standard and be a role model. Like you said, Steven, so many contestants compete because they want to be a role model. No judge wants to be left feeling bummed, they want to be inspired. So I want you as a contestant listening. Add on an idea that you have that would improve the situation. 
or what you do for yourself to rise above or what tool or skill you plan to share with others to help them get through this. So I'm going to go backwards. So the question was, what's the hardest thing about being a teenager? And the original answer was peer pressure because a lot of kids give in to what others are participating in, like bullying, and they can be really mean. But, and this is the, this is the positive spin that we're going to, that we're going to help you overcome as our clients do is I use dance as an outlet to get out my frustration and be motivated to not give in to bullying or not give in to the negative attitudes of other people. So, mm -hmm. wow, you've taken that really sad womp womp answer and turn it around. And as a judge, I'm like, okay, this girl has a good head on her or this contestant has a good head on their shoulders. They see the light at the end of the tunnel and they're going to work hard to avoid it. So that's the difference. And Angela didn't just say, this is hard and unfair and like go on a boy board and raise hell. She always <laughs> spoke about how she wants to make an impact for others. Yeah, and in, because of her influence, she's received some awards, which is what we're gonna talk about next. And like the Latino Commission on AIDS honored Angela Ponce with a 2019 Ilka Award at its annual Cella Gala, Gala on Friday, June the 7th, 2019. For those who aren't familiar, this gala is the largest annual fundraiser in response to the impact of HIV AIDS epidemic uh, for the past 24 years. So it's the longest, or it's the largest fundraiser for AIDS in the past 24 years. Um, mm. And the Ilka Award commemorates the life of actress and advocate Ilka uh, Tanya Payan, who lost her life to AIDS, and to honor outspoken and supportive celebrities who give their voice and time to HIV and AIDS causes. Mm. And she's also very involved in the Daniela Foundation. And in addition to the Latino Commission, she um, works with this organization that helps children and parents who are struggling with transgender issues. And um, if you or anyone you know is experiencing this as well or struggling with it or you want to be more educated, like we said, there are some, some Facebook pages and websites they can do, they can visit to learn more about the Daniela Foundation and we'll, we'll link to those in the show notes too. Yep. And so Angela continues to experience success as a fashion model and has taken advantage of her publicity from the Miss Universe pageant. Before, she was often discriminated against in the modeling industry prior to the success she had received as a title holder, another notch in our belt for pageantry and really how it creates a positive platform for your career. Mm -hmm. um, she shares how often that rejection would bring her to tears. You know, and this is a direct quote. She said, the fashion industry likes to talk about freedom and creativity, but many times, I've gone to a casting and they've given me a job and then later my agency calls and said they've changed their minds because they found out I'm a transgender woman. Wow. Steven, have you heard the story about Angela calling out Victoria's Secret? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh. I'm about to spill all the tea. <laughs> um, in, in November, <clears throat> excuse me, just prior to the Miss Universe pageant, Ed Razek, he's the CMO, the chief marketing officer for Victoria's Secret. He spoke to Vogue about the lingerie company, its sales, and the famous like Victoria's Secret fashion show that everyone like pauses life to watch. Um, and he told the magazine that the show would not include transgender models because it's supposed to be a quote fantasy. And even though he later apologized, uh, the CMO said that they considered having a transgender and plus size model in the fashion show 
but the stores themselves make that decision via marketing and sales. And we market who we sell to and we don't market to the whole world, said Razik, which I can see brands like being more selective in, in who they're marketing towards. But I mean, come on. In response to um, his statement, Angela said, if a transgender woman can't walk in Victoria's Secret shows, then they should put a sign on all their storefronts saying no trans women. If they don't want us to model for them, they shouldn't want us to buy their products. And that implies I'm just a man dressed as a woman. Mm, Snap. I mean, she really (laughs) went for it. And if you think about it, anytime a woman, regardless if they are a plus size or transgender, wears a Victoria's Secret garment, they're acting as a model for them in everyday life. So just good for her. Yeah, she she really like went for it. It sums up the kind of champion that she's been like total clap back. Yeah, so (laughs) clap back. I like that. Um, So I think that's the perfect way to wrap up the story. And Hella has become a long way since that first pageant experience at Miss World. And she used every roadblock along the journey as an opportunity to prove herself and to challenge the negative stigmas and beliefs that she um, that she encountered, really. And she's established her legacy as a trailblazer and a person who is willing to take on the responsibility for affecting change for transgender individuals. Uh, just before the Miss Universe pageant, she was interviewed by Time Magazine. I mean, what a big deal. And she was quoted as saying, I like to think that most people don't understand me. It's not because they're bad people. It's because no one taught them about diversity. What do you what you don't talk about doesn't exist. And really love that. And again, I've got to attribute a lot of this to her parents that didn't judge her, that loved her where she was, and like probably encouraged her and I'm assuming like helped pay for all these surgeries and stuff since she was like eleven when she started taking growth hormone. Um so all that all those different elements, I'm like, great job, mom and dad, to instill mm-hmm confidence in your child and the child probably wasn't raised or didn't end up in any scenario that they probably anticipated but they inspired and groomed a leader Mm -hmm. so i'm going to summarize the podcast if that's okay with you bring it so you talked about talking about things um as a way to promote diversity and and angela is really just doing exactly that. She's talking about diversity, using her time on the public stage to open up conversations, which for years have been silenced and ignored. And more importantly, in addition to her own voice, she's also giving countless others the freedom to speak and finally be heard. And as a contestant who's listening, if Angela looked at pageantry in a selfish way and just wanted to compete for herself, she never would have found the success she has. She thought beyond how winning would help her and how it would help others, and not just in the pageant community, but beyond. So find a system that suits your values, be forward thinking in your responses, always thinking how you can impact it as a title holder, and three, don't compromise who you are. And if you've received any benefit from this show or from ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It may seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep the show going. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.